Hi, I'm Kunle. I'm Kobe. And, and this, this is, is Two cool, cool Kids and a Cam. I'm an artist. And I'm a fashion don. On the show, we're going to explore themes from art to culture, music to mental health, masculinity, and of course, women. The show aims to empower men and women through honest conversations, debates, and critical questioning of ourselves. So pull up a chair and come vibe with us. So, we're here again. What's up, brother? What's up? You good? Yeah, I'm good, man, G. So, what's on your mind today? What's on your mind? What's on my mind? You want to start or do you want me to start? Well, so I asked you the question, a, bro. You tell a lot me. Going on. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Should I start? Oh, go ahead. Ladies first, as you always know. Okay, then. <laughs> I mean, why not? Um, yeah, the question for me is just this week, I think I've just been... Um, Obviously doing what I do as an artist and just kind of going into various spaces. There's a couple of cool exhibitions and things like that I've been going out to. And just a thought of mine while being in those spaces, I just thought, is art accessible enough um, in, in regards to the type of people that show up in these kind of spaces, museums, galleries? Um, Can I just pause you for a sec? Yeah. When you say accessible, do you mean to minorities or to us in the- But just as a word, as in, like- as, as in general public. Just as a, as a term, accessible. Okay. Accessible means mm -hmm. to everyone. Yeah. Well, yeah. I guess not in terms of physical access, yeah. like, you know, wheelchair access and yeah, things yeah, like yeah. that. I think much more- Are we aware of what, what, what's yeah. out and, there and, and what we can actually check and out? And do a lot of people- like, is art mainly geared towards a particular group of people? And I guess the question is, you know, and what type of art are you yeah. talking about, right? Yeah. That was um, the, that was literally what the, the first thing I was going to ask you, as in, when you say art, what do you mean? Because in the, the world that we live in now, I personally believe art is changing. Mm. How we used to be, we still got those kind of art still out there. But I think- What the, kind of art? Um, so your, your Picassos and your Basquiat, all of these- old school established art. Mm. Yeah, that's still there. But I think modern art is also moving into a different direction as well. Because mm. now you've got graffitis. I think even personally, I think like things like sneakers mm. are now also becoming a form of art. Yeah. Even even a visual moving art. So right, I right. think, yeah, art is also moving into a different direction. Yeah. Well. So I just want you to sort of like qualify what I guess you mean by- There is no qualification. Mm -hmm. I think it's about trying to have the conversation mm -hmm. about all the types of art. And yeah. actually the other art that, the, not other art, the, the art that you mentioned. Don't do that. Of, don't, don't do that air quotes. Of, in terms of <laughs> the art that you highlighted about the modern yeah, side of yeah, art, yeah. that art, you know, the fact that there is a difference. Yeah. That you say that's modern art yeah. versus the Picassos yeah. and the, yeah. the classic art. Yeah. Why isn't yeah. it just art? That's a very, very good point. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, yeah. and that classification, yeah. Yeah. is that, uh, does it give it a subsidiary idea? Yeah. Like, yeah. okay, because it's modern art, it's yeah. not the classic art, yeah. but it's the modern art. So yeah. everyone else can enjoy that yeah. art. But because what I'm what I guess struck me was, you know, the more I go to galleries, the more I go to theaters and things like that, especially, I mean, not all theater productions, but mm. some theater productions or like some galleries that I go to, um, you know, there's often a very small percentage of minorities that that I see in those spaces yeah. that consume art in that yeah. way. And then secondly, I talk about, when I talk about art. So How about age as well? Do you see a certain kind of age group that goes in there as well? Yeah, that's a good that's question. What I, that's what I tend to see as well. So I think sometimes it's not even about the minorities, it's also sometimes about the age gap as well. It is about mm -hmm. the age gap. And also th there's like a, there is a, um, over, overlap mm -hmm. of a particular age group mm -hmm. and, a, and uh, 
a particular race as yeah. well, mm-hmm. um, or class group yeah. as well. Yeah. So you know those three factors yeah. inter the intersection. Yeah. You know they they you know you have uh, the the meeting point where race meets. Um, Class, class and well. class yeah. meets like a age particular well. age group yeah. as well. Yeah. So I tend to see much more between the ages of, you know, mid-20s to, you know, late 40s, 50s um, of middle-class white people yeah. generally yeah. in art spaces yeah. like that, yeah. as opposed to, you know, young people. Yeah. And then again, with a little caveat of like young black people, I yeah. really see, yeah. especially if it's like a... Modern art. Yeah. I mean, not modern art, like the classic, the classic art. art. Yeah, you know, yeah, whereas yeah, if it's yeah. more of like the the modern art or yeah. something that has to do with music yeah. or things, you see a bit of a change. Yeah. But the other kind of art, which yeah. is the art that has historically been there, yeah. you know, those spaces still feel quite alien yeah. to me. Even yeah. when I do go and check yeah. out an exhibition, it's like just, a hollowed ground. Is exactly, and I do yeah. feel, and again, this might be also a reflection of my thing. Yeah, is I feel like in those spaces, people still looking at me as well, like thinking, what "Oh, are you doing okay, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah, okay, he's here, <laughs> all right, okay, I guess they can come too." You know, <laughs> you know, and even just the the the, I guess the expectation of how you should behave in those yeah. spaces too, yeah. Yeah. just also kind of brings it home to me that yeah. I feel. Un, not unwelcome because that's why I believe a lot of this is also me maybe yeah. I think, yeah, me trying to it's a figure out whether I feel yeah, welcome yeah, there yeah, as well yeah. but even just in terms of you know I might get too excited at something and look yeah. at it and someone's like oh remember don't touch I'm like oh, I wasn't gonna yeah. touch yeah. but you know but just those things yeah. to try remind you to be in your place yeah. but then another thing is in terms of the literature aspect of yeah. it because when I talk about art literature is art oh yeah but the point is do a lot of young people or people from minority backgrounds read or consume literature as much yeah. because I can't, I guess even the question is the idea of the term literature, yeah. you know, is it an inclusive language? You know, is it accessible as a language? Cause yeah. there's a lot of kids that read lyrics or they listen to music yeah. and that's poetry on levels, yeah. you know? So that yeah. is literature, yeah. but they would never think that, that they consume in literature, yeah. you know, because they don't think of the fact that, oh, I bought a book from Waterstones yeah. Yeah. and then I'm reading yeah. this yeah. book that's yeah. telling me a story yeah. about someone growing up in a particular part of the yeah. favelas, yeah. which they just consume the literature yeah. through a different form, yeah. you know? Yeah. So just the idea of, of creating class levels within the art itself, yeah. that literature is literature and music and poetry is literature. literature well, but yeah. the point is a lot of people from those class groups yeah. don't necessarily connect with the word literature, yeah. Yeah. but collect uh, connect with other words like, oh, writing bars yeah. Or, yeah. or writing poems yeah. or things like Sweet that. 16. Exactly, <laughs> so things like that. So yeah, what's your thoughts on that? Um, Nothing yet. You've got, you've got a very, very great point here. Um, It's... So on, um, I think, in my point of view, like everything else, mm. art is so like gradually moving, mm. and um, the way we consume things now mm. is different from the way we used to consume things like 10, 15 years ago. So with that comes the new generation who consume things in one kind of way. Mm. So it could be a thing of accessibility. It could also be a thing of lack of interest as well. So so because I think. Like you said, someone might be interested in a poetry, that's how I say, mm-hmm. that maybe Kendrick Lamar wrote. Mm-hmm. That, that would then become a song, right? Right. And that it also that is also a form of literature that that person Absolutely. is consuming. So because he got you know inducted into yeah um, Pulitzer Prize award, yeah. which is I, the first yeah, time yeah. that hip hop has actually been yeah it's, it's know, gone into there. So these things are seen as really great works works of art. So is it a thing of the medium has changed? 
Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So the way we consume art is also changing as well because we're always very, we're always innovating. Mm. So that's one point. Um, I, 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 I used to feel the same as well. If I, if I went to um, an exhibition mm. and it feels like you're on hologram, but I understand that because if you're looking at a masterpiece and you can feel the awe of, and blood and sweat of someone creating such a piece, mm. It's like being in a chapel in a way because you are sort of, I don't want to say worshipping, but you are adoring this amazing work of art that you probably, you could not have created, right? Mm. So that in this sort of brings out a certain emotion in you that makes you a little bit disquiet, do you know what I mean? When you're in there. Mm. And I would say if, if someone came to you and go, do not touch this, Kunle, yeah, do not touch it because it's a priceless piece of art. It's got nothing to do with you or your I mean, skin. of course, they would say that to, to anyone. Anyone, Absolutely. Yeah. But I mean, just, but even that culture, yeah. to me, is something that I question in terms of what that does for the feeling of people who come from particular groups to feel yeah. like they can access that because that is not... Because this is a really priceless piece of art. If I mean, everyone was to touch... Because you cannot even... Because of the oxygen levels and everything, you're not even, even the guys that handle it do not touch it with their own hands. They've got to wear gloves. I know what you're saying. But the thing is, I still think that also is a way of control and, and a certain class levels. Because I, I mean, I've, when I delivered an exhibition, one of the big things for me is I wanted people to interact with all the work. Yeah. I wanted people to feel part of the yeah. work, to go in there and not look at art in this or state. Like yeah. you are the art. Yeah. I am just the creator. Yeah doesn't make me better than you. doesn't yeah. make me higher than you. Yeah. So therefore you could come and touch my pieces of work. Question why yeah. is it that I use this material? Yeah. You know, that's what I feel. That's accessibility. Yeah, but some, so of, anyone, some of it are there though. So you've huh? got, you got like like we said we said from the beginning, you've got different sort of um, artworks, right? Yeah. So you've got these artworks that were two, three centuries old. Mm. These, you can't really touch. Because, I know. Yeah, but then you've got other that. artworks as well. I'm sure you've been to exhibitions where you've been allowed to touch because I've actually, never been. Oh, I've been to exhibitions where I've, I've been allowed to touch the artwork, but that is also a different form of art, a different form of art form. Right. So it's, it's always, it's always also that thing of a time and place, isn't it? Mm. Absolutely. But I mean, it just makes the question around how accessible is that? Is that yeah. one of the reasons yeah. why particular groups don't go to those places? Because they feel like, actually they feel alien in that place, you know, because, you know, there's a lot of galleries and museums that are free, yeah. but yeah, there's a lot of kids yeah. that, that you know, grow up in Hackney, Tottenham, yeah. that never been to those places, yeah. even though it's free. Yeah. Why? That's the question. Why that, do they feel like they don't- that's a very good one. Do you know what yeah. I mean? That's a very, very good question. Sorry, go on. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying about mm. the, so it's now asking a question about accessibility. Because yeah. it's not the it's yeah. not the financial yeah. for stopping that. Yeah. It's just the other things, which yeah. is what we're kind of querying and questioning. Yeah. That is that some of the reasons that yeah. perhaps some of us don't feel like we belong in those spaces. And it could also be lack of awareness as well. Mm. Because like you're saying, at the moment we live, we live in a society where there's so much fighting for our interest right now. Mm. You've got all the social media, right. you've got everything is so quick paced. Um, everything is so disposable now right, right. that for a kid, Growing up, mm -hmm. going to the museum or going to the gallery is almost the last thing on on their priority list right now. Do you know what I mean? Because there's so much fast food being blown, being thrown at them right mm -hmm. now. So mm -hmm. I think it's also a thing of awareness. So 
are these even being able to filter down to them? Right. By the time it gets to them, it's actually lost in the in the ether of everything else that's being bombarded mm. um, at them. So I think it's it's it could also be a thing of awareness. Mm. Um, you're definitely right. There's certain there's certain um, galleries that if it's something that when I go in there, I go, you know, I'm actually bored. Right. So I can imagine um, a 15 year old kid in that space, they'll be bored like two minutes in. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's also, but I think once you get a bit older, you you get a little bit more patient. You actually, you're, you get that acquired taste as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think, yeah, but you're definitely right. Is that, is that awareness as well? Is that, are, are we, as, as a minority, are these things part of our social dynamic? Are these things, because I think um, you've got to think of, um, what I would call, once you're comfortable, mm-hmm. you you can expand your world your worldview, right? True. But if you're already struggling, if right, you're already right. struggling to make ends meet, and mom mom or dad have got maybe two jobs, and you you the one coming home to look after your sisters mm-hmm. or, or your siblings, so art is a luxury. To that's you. a luxury to you. You do right. not have that time to even. Go to the pages to go. Oh, such and such is like this art gallery. I'm gonna go there with my mates. So, mm. so it's also a thing of the the social classes as well. So Absolutely. you're, there, you're exactly. definitely right. There's a reason why you see a certain group of class when you um at an exhibition. So Much yeah, more than yeah. Absolutely. And I guess just to kind of finally, kind of you know, enclose uh, this topic about you know, then would you say perhaps if there was much more representation that those kids or those groups of people feel like reflects who they are, then they probably be oh, more inclined definitely, to definitely. go to these yeah, I think so. things as well. Yeah, because I yeah. think I think that's also like an yeah. added caveat yeah, as well yeah, about yeah. the fact that most of these big institutions don't reflect these people yeah, anyway. Yeah, so yeah, they just think, well, yeah, what am I going yeah, to see yeah, there? You know, that's very, not very really true, anything yeah. that reflects who I am yeah. in those spaces Now you're anyway. definitely right. Yeah. So, I think it's also, yeah, it, it's about adapting your medium to, for the youth as yeah, well. Yeah. And I, at, at the moment, I feel a lot of the exhibitions you go to are still dedicated to a certain, I wanna, I'm not even going to say class, say age group as right, well. Right, right. And that's all fair and good because at the end of the day, for an artist, they also want their work to be bought. Mm. So so it's, 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 it's that struggle of, mm. Who are you marketing to right. at the end of the day right, also? Right. So, yeah, but yeah, you're definitely right. Um, switching your medium to also mm. attract the youth mm. is also a good thing because right. they're the ones that actually are going to be the Create future the buyers. Exactly. Yeah. And also so. in terms of, should there be a responsibility placed upon these institutions to actively be trying to create, especially when we live in a, you know, UK that's diverse yeah. and it's, you know, um, very... Um, proud yeah. of the aspects of diversity that it reflects, then should there be more responsibility on these institutions I think to create so. yeah. much more reflective yeah. art or to you know exhibit and to include much more ex- uh, inclusive art that allows these accessibility lines to become less and less um, clear yeah. and clear-cut like that. Yeah. I, yeah, I think anything that I believe is funded by the taxpayers' money, mm-hmm. um, I think inclusion should be part of it. Mm-hmm. I think um, thinking of the youth and investing in that part should be part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's a private 
um, gallery, then that's fine. And mm. then there you go make money. So mm. I would be a hypocrite sitting there going, oh yeah, you go do what goes against your interest. Mm -hmm, I'll mm -hmm. be a hypocrite. It's all about commerce. It's all about the pocket at the end of the day, mm. right? But if it's government funded, if it's um, being spoiled by the taxpayer, I believe the youth should be definitely included in that. Um, and how to catch their attention, how to maintain their attention, mm -hmm. and how to, how to, what you call it, inspire them to be the next artist. Yep. Yeah, that should definitely be on, on what you call it, um, their priority list. In my Fair opinion. enough. I hear you. So what's on your mind, Jake? So what's on my mind? It's very, very simple, but very, very close to my heart. And that is, please, brutality. Okay. Um, so, close to your heart. Yeah, it's because um, I think we've got into a stage where you go on social media and you see another case of police blatant brutality, right? And we've gone to a point where, especially people, um, minorities from the UK, when we see something happening in the US, we almost sort of like shrug a little bit sometimes because it feels so alien, the concept of it. And... Does it? Um, because I think sometimes it's so hard to relate when it's not directly happened to you. Right, right, right. right. So no matter how many examples you see of it, because it's not happened to you, mm -hmm. there's still a little, little bit of a barrier between you and mm -hmm. and what is going on. Mm. But I was uh, literally, when was it? Um, I think yesterday. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I just saw an incident and I just thought to myself, and there was this gentleman that got stopped by the police, right? And... So he got stopped by the police because mm -hmm. he turned, I think he didn't make a um, um, indication. indication. Yeah. So the police obviously signaled for him to stop. He stopped. The police came out of his car. The first thing the police did, the guy did was take out his gun and uncock it. I'm not even kidding. The first thing he did was take out his gun and uncock it. And this guy has got no prowess. He's got... Nothing on his record to actually warrant. Uh, yeah, warrant that action. So the guy goes to him, excuse me, um, what have you got your gun cocked? So obviously he had his phone on. What have you got your gun cocked? And the police was like, um, sort of like, because I can. And he goes, so right now you come out of your car, you've got your gun cocked. You've got no Just, yeah, justification for this. Right, right. You're coming into my, 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 what do you call it? My car with that energy already intended, right? What do you think is the outcome? That, what, what do you think the out, is the outcome? Well, my kid is gonna, is gonna hear from the, um, in, in the news the following day going, his dad has been shot dead for no reason other than you maybe being a little bit skittish. And it got me thinking, you know, back in the day, it used to be you judge a man or you judge a person by the things they do when they think no one is watching, right? So back in the day when yeah, I don't know that, that's my own that, that's <laughs> my own little just, philosophy. I'm trying to think of when was that a thing? because no, you always someone could smile in your face, but when someone feels comfortable in a space where they feel no one is judging them, that's when sometimes the true character comes yeah, in. Right, yeah. Right. So that is that is what I'm trying to go at. But don't you find it how scary it is now that all these things happening, right? Right. You got body cams so these guys actually know they are being filmed and yet they still resort to this blatant disregard for human life could you imagine what they used to do when there was no cameras around that actually scares me to death 
to think these guys are going on at the way they're going on right now. Mm. And they blatantly know. It's not that someone is actually filming them from behind. And they are, they've actually got their own body cams on as well. Mm. And they're going on with this blatant disregard. And yeah, that really scared me. So, you know, I was going to raise this up and see if you've got anything to add to what I just brought up. I have nothing to add. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, finally, he's got nothing to say. <laughs> that would be a day. Especially around police brutality. Um, I mean, I think, firstly, I have to identify, the sad thing is I looked at that, I listened to what you just said, and I was just like, that has become normal to me. That's very, very scary. You know, I'm just like, you could, you could copy and paste everything you said there to like 25 different scenarios that I've watched mm. on on someone's Instagram page in the past year and a yeah. half. Like, it's nothing too dissimilar, mm. you know? Um, and I think, absolutely, it's such a scary feeling now because there's an element, obviously, and also the fact that there is a overt skewing to a particular group of yeah. people, which is black, yeah. Yeah. male, yeah. and, you know? Um, so that is the danger and that's the fear. But if I bring that even closer to home, because I think another thing interesting about this is with, as you said, with Britain and the UK, people tend to look at that in a far removed way. Yeah, oh, that's yeah, happening in yeah, America. Yeah, that's yeah, so bad yeah. out there, which is factual, yeah. but it makes them, it makes people then think, oh, we're much better yeah, here, yeah. which I think is the danger. Yeah, to me, that's, that's the scary yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. Because the fact that there isn't an overt use of firearms yeah. in this country. Doesn't mean harassment is still not, not on. common. Yeah. You yeah. know, because I think it's far from. But we get blinded yeah. by the desensitization that yeah. has occurred from us seeing yeah. the incessant use of yeah. force and guns and, and violence in America by yeah. police officers that we think here is so much better. Uh, is, is it also a thing of, because we cannot, you know, it's, everything is so comparable, right? Right, so right. We, when you when you've seen worse, yeah, you assume you your condition absolutely. is okay because absolutely. it's not as bad as yeah, what you've seen. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. because there's, there, I think it's much more insidious here. I'm not saying I would rather take the blatant overt version, but I think maybe that way I know to be prepared for yeah. that. You know, because then you know, while I was in America doing a residency for a couple of months, I had to switch my mentality around. I knew that the way that I would approach, I would react to a police officer when he came to me is completely really different, different from how yeah. I would do when I was in London. Yeah. So therefore I had to switch my mentality. And I think with that, at least I was mentally prepared. Yeah. I was mentally armed. Yeah. So if a police officer came to me, I knew I had to go yeah. much more than minus 50% of my energy yeah. just to make sure that I gave him yeah, no, no just yeah, cause yeah, to even yeah. think I'm trying yeah, to, be threatening. you know? Yeah. Whereas in the UK, I'll just be normal yeah. because I'll just think, well, you're not really going to try and pull a gun at me. Yeah. So you, the worst case scenario, you try and throw me in the cuffs yeah. and I could argue that one out, yeah. you know? Whereas, so here, therefore, I don't have that same level of heightened awareness, yeah. alertness about my demeanor when police officers are here, which then it's almost like I'm disarmed. Yeah. So yeah. it's yeah. easier for them yeah. to even catch me out yeah. because yeah. I'm just like yeah. doing what I'm doing normally. Yeah. And all of a sudden- What, what are you doing that they catch which you? You're trying to catch normally, you up. You know, like, um, yeah. Like for example, there was an instance of George the poet, um, who's like, a, I mean, I guess renowned po poet yeah. who did the, the poem for, the royal wedding. And I think a couple of days after that, he was at his mom's house. He has a Range Rover. He was sitting in his Range Rover, I think just on the phone with his friend and the police came through a couple of them, I think on marked vans, they, you know, put him in cuffs saying, you know, you look suspicious or something like that. Well, just, like, just because a black, a black boy is, is got, in a Range Rover. Is in a Range Rover. Tend to, you know, they, they said, you know, we, 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 
suspect something or yeah. whatever. They're searching him out. It's like, do you guys know who I am? Just Google yeah. me. Yeah. Google my name. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm just not... Like, if the reason... I mean, the question is, what the, what should I do anyway? Yeah. The fact that you're saying yeah. Google my name. Yeah. I mean, the question is, what would they give you a blight because they know yeah, that exactly. you're yeah. George yeah. the Poet? Yeah. Um, but the question is, you know, I guess for him... And what that highlighted is no one is immune to yeah, this. You know, yeah. when you have this color, it yeah. doesn't matter if you were sitting on the queen's lap yeah. yesterday. Yeah. You know, yeah. if they want to um, find justifiable reason, which is not more justifiable than the fact that you're black, you know, to stop you at any time, they would. Yeah. And they would give the reason why, well, we thought that, you know, um, you potentially could have been carrying whatever yeah. weapons, drugs, whatever it is. Um, or we just wanted to do a routine check, check on whatever you. that is. Yeah. Um, so yes, I think, so therefore, you know, he was harassed in terms of, you know, putting cuffs. He was, you know, pushed around. Um, and they had no reason for that justifiably so anyway. And there's so many more instances, yeah. you know, my yeah. sister's a lawyer and she always recounts situations of how she has to, you know, when she, you know, shows up to to defend a client and she hears the story and she knows, and she hears all of the the abuse that these, you know, clients have, you know, undergone yeah. on the hands of police officers mm -hmm. and how these guys, you know, not all, obviously, yeah, yeah. but there's a high percentage of um, cases where police officers just fabricate these reports because they all back each other. Yeah. You know, it's, I say this it's all, all it's, it's And they see all these well, bruises from their clients because... Nine times out of time, nine times out of ten, the fact is these clients are not angels. Yeah. So yeah. therefore, yeah. that always negates yeah. anything yeah. else. Yeah. That, because that history is already preceding exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. So therefore, the fact that we had to rough you up yeah. to find the drugs with yeah. you justifies. So you can't come back and say, well, you had no just cause to come into my house yeah. and bang me yeah. up. Yeah. But then you found yeah. some drugs. Yeah. So therefore, well, we're justified. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah, exactly. So yeah. it's about realizing that, you know, as a society, yes. If we look at it comparatively, America is definitely worse in that regard. But the point is, you know, it's a global issue. Yeah, well, I say definitely. global, but more Western global yeah. issue. And I think, you know, firstly, you know, there was a question about, is there anything we could do within ourselves yeah. to change how that effect happens to us? I don't know if there is anything that we can do in terms of, obviously there, there yeah. are certain situations it's, it's, where it's, we can exacerbate the situation yeah, yeah. by either the demeanor, the negative yeah. energy, the ways that we maybe- but, but is it not very, very difficult? If someone already, so it's like you saying, to not be harassed, you've got to be like a dog sometimes. I know. I know, and that and is that's not humane in the first place. Of course, place. of course. Because if I've if I've genuinely done nothing wrong, right, and you came to me and you and you asked me a question, I'm supposed to answer you the same way you've asked me, right? Right. Why would I have to automatically subjugate myself just to appease you or just to come off non-threatening mm. for you to be comfortable to then deal with me when you're the one that approached me in the first place, right? So Absolutely. It, it is a bit of a conundrum, and, right? Um, and not to cut you off, so. This thing happened, right? And that's when I realized how, especially in the States, they're so intimidated by the cops. So there was this video of a lady. She got stopped by the police, right? And the police was, the, the gentleman was actually, it was sort of like a prank. So mm. he was a police guy, but he was doing good that day. I seen he was um, sort of like giving things out. Right, right. So he stopped this lady. This lady didn't know, obviously, such a thing was going on. And she, and she was being filmed. 
and you could tell how scared this lady was, right? So the man goes, put your hands on the dash, and her hand went right on the um, dashboard. Um, is she a black woman? Yeah, black woman. And her voice is shaking. She is visibly shaking. Please, sir, what do you want me to do? Da, 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 da. And the guy went, oh, no, um, you are, and then you kind of flipped it. You, We're giving out, I think um, it was ice cream or something. And the relief, you could see this lady visibly shake it. And I thought to myself, that is the police. That person is supposed to be serving you, well, technically, and making you feel safe. Not the other way around. Mm -hmm. well, it's almost like she was being robbed. That's, I, I would liken the way she was acting to someone actually had a gun on her going, give me your money. Mm. She was petrified. And when she realized- um, It was a prank. Yeah, it was a prank. You could literally feel the whole, that motion just, just, just ooze out of her. Right. And if she was standing up, she would have collapsed on the floor. And I was like, wow, that's, that's how terrified certain people are to the police. And just an innocent lady, it's not like she was um, a criminal who was running from the law, hence why she's uh, um, scared of the police. Mm. Just a normal woman yeah. that is just so scared of the police because she knows what the police can do or, or what you call it, um, the potential of mm. things escalating into a point where she might not go home to her kids or spouses. Absolutely. And I just think, yeah, that energy is, is quite toxic because it creates this preempted response because you know that when they come at you it's either you have to pre-plan how you're going to respond because if you respond based on how they come at you that often can lead yeah. into yeah. one yeah. outcome yeah you know yeah so it's almost like you have to think 20 steps ahead yeah you know yeah. and decide yeah. how you yeah. want to react yeah. you could choose either way but just at that point you have to have thought about yeah. it you know because and that's the scary part yeah. because we have to have that extra consciousness yeah. way yeah. before it happens yeah. to know that calm down. Exactly. Don't whatever almost accept whatever they throw at you. Which is and what don't, you said about react. being a dog, because that that is the last thing you want to do. You know, as, as a as a as a human being, you if you're right, you want to be able to go, I'm right. Yep. What is going Absolutely. on? But Absolutely. But sometimes it feels like regardless of you being right or not, it does not matter. At that point in time, yep. it, doesn't it doesn't matter. matter. Absolutely. And it's, yeah, it's scary. So I feel you. I feel you. I feel you. I the world, the, I think the, the world is, um, it's a great place. It's, 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 a, it's, I think as humans, right, we've got this ability for amazing beauty, right? But Some of us. Counterpart that, we've got this awful, awful degree of harm towards one, one another Absolutely. as well. I suppose that's what makes us such flawed, beautiful creatures in a way. Yeah, right? I love the oxymoron of that. Absolutely. <laughs> Great. So what are we chopping it up about today, my G? So I want to go sort of look on the um on the other side. So like the the shoe was on another foot, other foot sort of um point and talk about the social pressures on women to look a certain kind of way. Okay. So, yeah. so elaborate. So by elaborating, let me let me break it down to you, to mm -hmm. the molecular structure, as okay. they say. <laughs> um, beauty used to be in the eye, the eye of the beholder, right? That was- Isn't it still? Yeah. That's what it was supposed to be. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. What I deem is beautiful, you might deem, ah, what you deem beautiful, I might go, ah, right? Um, it's very unlikely. Though. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but then I think we've, we've shifted to a point now where it feels like you can be beautiful 
but just be beautiful the way we want you to be beautiful. Mm. So who's we? And we, it could be, it's, um, it, at the moment, we is sort of like a Western idea of what beauty is, right? So if you look at the magazines, if you look at media, mm. if you go, if you look at media and everything, as much as we try to raise awareness of diversity, it still comes down to the exact same thing. Mm. Um, beauty has to be a certain kind of box. When we think about it, it's, it's ludicrous, right? But so I was I was thinking about this, about this the other day, right? So take a magazine, mm -hmm. take take um, any of these women magazine, right? Mm -hmm. And think of the confusing messages that sometimes gets gets thrown in the exact same magazine. So in one, on one page, mm -hmm. it could be talking about self-love and how you go be yourself mm -hmm. and what you call it, be confident in who you are. And literally on the opposite page, right next to that page is an advertising for a skin cream that's supposed to make enhance your beauty or a voluptuous, something to make your lips uh, fuller. And it was like, those are two confusing, contrasting messages mm. on the same page. And I'm thinking, as men, is there things that we can do to support our women to make, and also even to support ourselves as well? Because I'm sure this is not just, um, mm -hmm. what you call it, a, 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 a woman issue as well, but predominantly it kind of is. I think... <laughs> what do that, you think? Um, I mean, I think that that um, problem is definitely out there. I think it's, it's been prevalent all through, at least I say that, I mean, for a very long time, but I think more so over the past, I don't know, 15, 20 years in terms of just the rise of advertising. Well, advertising has always been huge, but I think more so now with the crossover of the internet, mm -hmm. um, there's two sides to that, but I think, so therefore advertising and the techniques of reaching out to the target groups have completely changed from the forms of just buying a magazine and having that when you choose to buy a magazine and open it up to you not having a choice now where everything that you scroll through, there's sponsored ads, mm -hmm. there's intelligent ads that come from based on the products that you bought. So it's, you're consistently bombarded with that. So it's even much more heightened. And obviously the psychological impact of that when the women is much more enhanced. But, and also, do you feel that as humans, we program to put beauty in a box? Or is this something that we've created to make money? Mm -hmm. I think as human beings, we have been programmed to function by having boxes mm -hmm. in the societies that we yeah. live in. So therefore, anything that doesn't fit a box, becomes problematic to our mind. Yeah. If you have the privilege as a person to be able to step out of that box, i.e. travel a little bit more, mm -hmm. see that actually your context is only uh, informed by your surroundings, mm -hmm. then you start to deconstruct that idea. Because mm -hmm. then if you're the type of person that then goes to, I don't know, South America, so therefore you see more curvier, voluptuous, um, uh, tanned browner women and you see how that as a standard of beauty mm -hmm. is something that is heralded as the heights of it yeah. and then you go to Russia and you see that it's tall, skinny, blonde as their own version of beauty and then you yeah. go to somewhere in Africa and you see so when you start to make these connections that wow so there's not one absolute yeah. 
So therefore, this idea that has been sold to me from where I've grown up yeah. is only a version. Mm -hmm. And therefore, you have this kind of moment where the box just shatters and you think, wow, okay, so that's not just the beauty. But does that it shatter though? Does the industry and does the media allow us to shatter that box? I mean, the thing is, it doesn't allow us to. Mm -hmm because it consistently reinforces that yeah. particular narrative. Because everywhere you go, in the magazines, yeah. in the shows that, that you see on TV, for example, if you look at Love Island yeah. as a show, I don't really watch the show. I only see memes and see really? excerpts. I mean, really? I, I would like to say- I know you've got, you got an app on your phone. I would like to actually, I'll actually like to watch it from like a social uh, experiment perspective, oh, no, just I'll, to understand I'd rather jump off a cliff. Just to understand <laughs> it. Um, because I just think it's so fascinating, just the idea that, I mean, there's a reason why it's such a highly watched show, you know? Um, and there's a reason why it's popular conversation every other, what evening does it show? I, th I think like people a, just like sometimes to feel better about themselves. Yeah, but then that's the interesting thing that even if that's the reason, the fact that that has such a massive following and the fact that it reinforces all these things. Because if you see all the women in, the, in these um, shows, they look a particular kind of way. way. Yeah. So it's through these mediums mm -hmm. that these ideals of beauty are mm -hmm. being reinforced. Because mm -hmm. then if you also look at the men, majority of these men look a particular yeah. way. You know, there's no guy in there that has a bit of a belly. Yeah. There's no guy in there that looks- So this ain't gonna work. <laughs> there's no guy in there who probably doesn't have tattoos and sleeves. There's no guy in there who doesn't, you know what I mean? There's like a particular look. How do you know all this? Bruv, I see, <laughs> I see all these excerpts of memes and yeah. things like that, you know, which just shows various things. So when something is trending, I often just want to see what's out. the root yeah. cause of yeah. that. You know, something might come up about oh, Samira or whatever, and then Josh or something. Okay. I'm just like, who are these people? Why is this conversational? Mm -hmm. You know, then I look at it and I think, oh, okay, interesting. Because then I often feeds, it's like fodder for my thoughts. Yeah. So I'm just like, okay, why is there like yeah. a, a big hurrah about yeah. this? You know, so that's kind of how I tend to know what's kind of topical around this yeah. Love Island issue. So not just Love Island, you know, every other thing that, that's kind of created a mask for the purpose of mass consumption, yeah. you look at the representation of the types of women yeah. in there, you know, but then the beautiful thing though, about the state of media consumption is that now people have platforms to yeah. create their, their own, own. Yeah. Yeah. ways of representation. Yeah. And then the onus is now on you as yeah. well. So there's yeah. a lot of people that have their own independent magazines. Yeah. There are a lot of people that have their own, you know, independent kind of, you know, movie making yeah. sort of- Celebrating uh, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. then they create the content yeah. that they want to yeah. see and change this narrative. Obviously that's always going to be a minority yeah. in comparison to the big powerhouses yeah. that put money behind all these big campaigns. Because yeah. ultimately they want to sell products. Yeah. So the idea and the premise of products placement is to make you feel bad about yeah. yourself. So, so therefore you it. want to buy this yeah. thing that they're putting in front of yeah. you that would make you feel better. Yeah. So therefore they try and create these things that they know are ultimately unattainable for the majority yeah. of people. So to look like these girls in um, Love Island yeah. and these sorts of- Yes. And all these things. Majority of women don't look like that. Yeah. And therefore, again, as men, we buy into that yeah. too. Because then we think, oh, that's what we want. Yeah. You know, nine times out of 10, they say they pull all these surveys, what are the kind of girls that men want to look at? They reinforce these stereotypes. Yeah. So people want to, you know, majority of men said, I don't know which woman, maybe Victoria Beckham is the yeah. kind of woman that they like to see. Really? Or I'm just throwing oh, okay. that one out there. Okay. Obviously, you clearly know it's not guys like <laughs> us. Um, but, you know, um, but those are the kind of polls that they put yeah. out there as well, whether they're doctored polls or whatever, yeah. but then yeah. they yeah. reinforce these narratives. Oh, so yeah. that's what most men want to see yeah. as well. Yeah. So they just kind of- Ladies, we don't want to see that. Right. That's for sure. We, I mean, not guys like us. You know, I don't know about the other guys out yeah, there. That's very, that's, a that's a good point. So yeah, so I just, I just think it's, 
It's a two-edged sword. It's, it's one, being able to empower people to realize or to consciously engage with the fact that all these things are not reality. Yeah. Yeah. And these things are put there to create a feeling of a less than. Insecurity. Exactly. Yeah. And yes. it preys yeah. on your insecurity. Yeah. Yeah. So even though these magazines talk about, you know, love yourself and there's all these campaigns yeah. out there about, you know, love yourself and be who you are, you know, which is an incredible thing. Yeah. But underneath that... The action is completely opposite. Exactly. So to be able about. to consciously yeah. engage with yeah. these things and think, you know what? Yes, they're telling me that, but they're still feeding me this yeah. image. Yeah. Yeah. So I need to be yeah. able to disassociate yeah. both yeah. and realize, you know what? Genuinely, self-love is key. Yeah. And whatever that means, we need we are also participants in yeah. this as yeah. well. Yeah. Because we yeah. reinforce what women think they should be. Yeah. You know, so therefore we need to deconstruct that yeah. as well yeah. and realize, you know what? Why is it that we often want to just be with this type of woman yeah. as well? You know, is that also us kind of perpetuating that same narrative? Um, and are we doing anything to empower these women? Yeah. You know, because there's examples of, I mean, because everything is not just about, you know, a woman trying to get with a guy, but there's instances where, you know, a guy might go on a date with a girl and he might make a comment, you know, about, oh, uh, you know, I don't know, like, on, uh, I don't me. think, I don't think you should, I don't think you should wear that, you know, because I don't know if that, um, what's the word? I don't know if that, um, if that that's good flatters you. you or whatever, really, like, this this that's a bold like that. ass guy. I mean, and there's even situations where guys who are actually in long term relationships with their partners yeah. say things like that. You know, I suppose uh, with that, I kind of get that one. Oh, you because because and well, coming from a very innocent place, I'm saying I'm sure you might you don't get all your owl face right every now and then, right? I do. Believe it or not. <laughs> I, I, mean, I, I definitely do. I don't know about you, but I do. So I'm, I'm sure... Right for me, some, anyway. Yeah, yeah pointing someone in um in the direction that you feel, oh, you know, maybe that that's not the best outfit for today. If that's if that's it, then that's fine. But if it's to belittle someone and make them feel a certain kind of way, then that's also a different thing. But the thing is, can you be absolved of blame because the intention is not there? Because so if I said something yeah. that made you feel bad about yourself, even I didn't intend to make you feel bad about yourself, but the comment was insensitive, should I be absolved so, of the blame? So, so that's what I mean by what, what is the comment? If if I've got on a jacket that doesn't look good on me, I would, but you wore the jacket because you think it looks good on you. Yeah, but so some, you didn't ask for my opinion. Sometimes, yeah, but if with a partner, I'm sure you probably ask for the opinion. And if you someone for an, a, a contributor period of time, they give you opinion regardless. And it might not necessarily be a negative, as in they want to poke you, but it might actually be, you know what, maybe go for that dark um, blazer or go for the red blazer. Because uh, when you, the last time you wore that, that looked amazing. Do you know what I mean? So I mean, obviously it's, that, that it's is, also a, a contextual. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. Because yeah. there are those kind of situations yeah. and that yeah. absolutely, yeah. I, I get that. But then there are the others yeah. too. If it's coming from a negative just, space, yeah. Just right. to belittle someone, make someone feel right. awful about themselves. But that, I don't even think sometimes it's even much, I don't even think a lot of times it's, deeply thought out in that way that I'm trying to belittle you. Yeah. Because nine times out of 10, obviously there are a lot of partners who want to use that as a control yeah, stick yeah, to be yeah, able to make yeah. someone feel you know, less than, yeah. so therefore they would always put them down. But then there are just some partners that are just completely oblivious yeah. to the fact that they're also participatory yeah. in this way of making women feel much more self-conscious yeah. about that's a good the ways point. they express Because they've probably so, seen a magazine somewhere exactly. where they saw someone wear an outfit exactly. and in their mind, that is sort of, 
what they deem sexy to be. Exactly. Like, yeah. No, you're definitely Absolutely. right. And you know, we have, I can only, I can speak for myself. I've definitely been conditioned over the years yeah. by that. And over the years, I've been really working hard to try. You know, I don't think I have, you know. You have been conditioned. No, I don't think I have. Really? I actually got asked this um the other day. Um, You don't think so, you have what? Being, being conditioned to think beauty in a certain kind of way. Because okay. I, got, I got asked this question, who was your celebrity crush, right? And I couldn't find any. Yeah, neither could I. Really. Yeah. I struggled, I struggled so like, to do that. All, like, the celebrities, don't get me wrong. I, I understand from an objective standpoint that they're beautiful, but they know my kind of beauty. Right. So when she asked me that, I was like, hmm, I actually don't have a celebrity crush. And I wasn't even trying to be like, oh, cool, or like, yeah. Nah, I actually do not have a celebrity crush. Yeah, but then the interesting thing, though, is the fact that being conditioned, it's not necessarily the fact it doesn't only transpire in, you know, the physicality of, you know, say the type of woman that you go for. Mm -hmm. It's sometimes also just about the expectations of how you expect. Like, for example, you know, we talked on the previous episode mm -hmm. about makeup. Like the fact that you don't expect to see a woman putting her makeup on on the train. That also, to me, that's a conditioned idea because we've not been seeing women do that from years ago. Yeah. So we're conditioned to think, well, you need to finish that off before I see you. you yeah, know? because so, I think that's just a so that's still etiquette. a conditioning. No, that's just, a, that's that's more of an etiquette in my, like, that's sort of like me saying, um, when, we, when you blow your nose in an, into a, what you call it, into tissue. a tissue yeah. and not just snort, your, your, snort out. I know it's a bit of an extreme comparison, but there's certain things that in my point of view are more etiquette because I'm not saying do not have it on your makeup. I'm just saying there's a of time and places for for certain activities. Yeah, but that's, that's because in this context, that's mm -hmm. what you've known it to be. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's got nothing to do with other that person looks amazing in makeup or less or without makeup. I do not care about that Because it's really interesting. Part. For me, the reason when I started to really realize is when I went to spend, you know, uh, about six weeks in Ethiopia with those uh, indigenous tribes down south. And I, you know, was around a lot of women that walked around naked, mm -hmm. you know, and a lot of women who vis visually and aesthetically represented themselves in ways that were so um, Strange to alien you, to me. Yeah. I was mm -hmm. like, wow, why is this such a challenging yeah. thing for me? Yeah. I realized how deeply I'd been yeah. um, associating beauty to a yeah. particular yeah. ideal. Yeah. So it was difficult for me to try and see these women yeah. In a completely It's almost like you had to unlearn. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And until that happened, yeah. was I wasn't I wasn't aware how yeah. deeply conditioned yeah. Yeah. I was. Yeah. And then when I came back as well, I was like, wow, like that was a crazy experience. Yeah. And I had to deconstruct why it was so crazy yeah. to me. Yeah. But yeah, so I, and I that's you. the crazy thing is to those guys over there, that was their standard of beauty. Right, right? Yeah. exactly. And, and it's just, I think, because one of the reasons why I brought it up was and the way what are what we deem beautiful and come as sort of like fused together so about what i would say don't quote me on this but about, about five six years ago serena was world number one so obviously she's, this girl has been killing in women tennis for right and sharapova was probably in the top 10 but sharapova was still earning more money than serena much more way more why because they could sell her more in China in the Asian market because this because that's a lot of beauty was blonde, long legs, blue eyes. And that got me thinking that it's not even um a black and white thing. This thing is seeped into all cultures. But where are you going? Where, is where, it not where, a black and white thing? Because uh, can you remove 
colonialized, colonialized kind of ideals from that? Can yeah, you remove the, the white supremacy structure from yeah, that? Yeah, but, but that, that's how important, the, that's, that's why the media plays such an important part. Because a place like China, China's a superpower, right? And they still go by that ideal of what the westernized beauty is. Yeah, but they have always. Yeah, and not always, and, but I mean, for, and, for the longest time, they and, still look up to white people. And, and that's what I mean. Which is the structure of yeah, white supremacy and, 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 that and, has and, done that. And, and that's what I mean by how media and the Western, the Western media has managed to seep their tentacles into such a, a vast array or in a vast sort of distance, right? Yeah. From Africa all the way to Asia. Right. We still have in our mind what we deem beauty should be. Absolutely. From black women bleaching their skin. Absolutely. All the way to Asian women bleaching their skin. Absolutely. And you will think, really? Yep. Yeah. And it's, it's this, this idea yeah. of looking at whiteness as the perfection. <laughs> yeah. So therefore, you know, it's no surprise that Sharon Povo was making, not even close. It was not close. At that point, at that <laughs> time, know, I was... When I read it, I was like, what? And Shopova could not beat Serena. Right. If Serena had an arm tied behind her back. I'm telling you. So the and fact she was that still- She was cashing yeah. like completely incomparable. It was incomparable. Absolutely. And I was like, whoa. And all from a Western standard of beauty. Absolutely. Talent went out the window. Exactly. Exactly. And it's really, and obviously she definitely, uh, she cashed in on that because yeah. she knew that too, and she obviously played. It's that not her fault, of course. Other not. day, because you can you can you cannot, as they say, hate a player. Other exactly. day, you gotta hate if, the game. Yeah, you just go hate the game, and you go cut yeah. off this, and, the and game. That's, and that's what it is. And I can imagine that she's dealt with so much. Hell yeah, Serena, in yeah. that space yeah. of those people, I'm I'm sure she's heard comments of people say certain oh, things. As recently as of last year, she got ridiculed by another tennis player. Um, she was it McEnroe? Did he say something? No, no, no. no. no it wasn't McEnroe. It was a, a female tennis player. I forgot the name. And she was mimicking her by putting stuff and and a bomb and putting yeah and yeah. Well, and, as a joke. Yeah, as a joke. So uh, I think she got, actually got suspended. Yeah. Imagine that. And, and now this, everyone wants to get butt implants yeah, and all yeah. these things. This, that, I'm, I'm not talking a long time ago. This is like last year. That's how recent. It was. But then the interesting thing about that is then you know we might not have we might not delve into is very deep deeply today is the fact that it's so interesting that those features that she's been mocked by, yeah. mocked for, is what all these, there's a trendification yeah. of that yeah. type, but yeah. not on a black yeah. body. Yeah. They want women yeah. with yeah. bigger yeah. butts. Yeah. That's why yeah. all these yeah. girls are yeah. getting all these yeah. butt implants. They want yeah. women with fat lips, yeah. but- I know, not, you, I know you want to mention one, one family I'm, name, I'm right? I'm gonna resist <laughs> that. You know, I'm not gonna do that. This is not a witch hunt. You so you know? want to. <laughs> uh, but but there is there is that, you yeah. know, where that is cool, that is trendified, yeah. but not when it's on- yeah. the, the people that it belongs exactly, to, Exactly, right? you know? So it's just really interesting. I think in terms of, from our take, my take anyway, I would say one of the ways that I would say we can try and combat that mm -hmm. is is just to promote self-love. And yeah. I mean the idealist yeah. version of it. I mean, yeah. even the other day, there was a friend of mine or a friend of a friend who, you know, she she did a post which went really viral about just waking up in the morning and just like completely having no makeup on. It's such a simple thing. Yeah. But she showed a version of herself that she had not previously really showed on her social media. Yeah. And it went really viral about just her showing her real self. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of people that, that take no makeup selfies yeah. and they really aren't 
make no makeup selfies. <laughs> yeah. You know, but genuinely, you know, she did a video of yeah, herself. I, I, I woke up like this with like exactly ton of filters. And I think it's important <laughs> for people like that who have a large following yeah. as well to take active steps yeah. to try yeah. and deconstruct yeah. the ideal of like, you know, a woman is only beautiful when she looks like this. Yeah. A woman is only yeah. beautiful when you look like that. Yeah. You know, and there's other things like, you know, there's, there's something that happened over the weekend called the Real Catwalk Show, which is, you know, women of all different sizes, yeah. Yeah. women who look different ways, yeah. disabled women, women who, all of that, you yeah. know, just celebrating that that could also be a beauty and ideal that we should also yeah. look at yeah. as a normalized ideal, yeah. as opposed to this, you know, this, uh, this unachievable, um, hyper westernized yeah white narrative of what beauty yeah. is and just having the power within ourselves yeah. to to challenge that yeah. and as men i think also to be able to just because this shouldn't be about validation and this shouldn't be about you know because everyone should just find self-love and, and find a way to to harness that but importantly we also play a role oh, you know, hell, in how yeah. we compliment yeah. Yeah. people and yeah. genuinely yeah. give them compliments yeah. that make them feel good yeah. about themselves yeah. you know as opposed to you know make those comments that are off the cuff sometimes yeah. and we don't think deeply yeah. about how these yeah. things could yeah. also but reinforce people's insecurities absolutely yeah. absolutely so yeah that's that that's no, what i think no because um i think yeah you you're absolutely right and i think we as people, we need to stop inviting as well, right? So I think we all, and that goes to that self-love thing that you've, mm. you've, you've preached today. Mm. Um, we need to accept who we are and love who others are also. Because I think sometimes we get to the point where, okay, um, I'm stocky. So Are you? <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I was just paraphrasing. <laughs> so if I was stocky, and someone was slim, I cannot throw shit at the, the person who's slim being themselves. Do you know what I mean? And same way, if that slim person throws shit at someone who is skinny for being themselves, if you throw shit at someone who is skinny because maybe you're curvy, mm -hmm. then you're giving that person the right to also throw shit at you for being curvy. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. We need to just need to accept one another for who we are and understand the whole point of beauty is being unique. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If I saw a hundred people look like me, I'll be very depressed. That would yeah. be one of my worst nightmares. Have you been on Oxford Street? <laughs> yeah. Every other dude looks like there. you, bro. Just and there's that. like no one. Actually, find it very interesting when someone well, comes to me and go be... like, I saw someone that looked like you. <laughs> <laughs> you might as well spat in my face. Like, what? <laughs> really that actually makes it aggravates me why 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 because I just like looking at anyone else I just like looking at anyone else like so for me beauty is about being unique it's right. about owning who you are and finding your own niche in this beautiful world that we are in why would you want to look like anyone else why would you want anyone else to look like you right. don't get me wrong if someone looks like you fine I hate it but fine <laughs> but why would you go out of your way to go, oh, I want the, that same lips as that, right, that right, person right, there. Right, right, That person's had that lip because it, it looks good on them because mm -hmm. they grew up with that. Maybe they've enhanced it, maybe, but that is theirs. That's why they look beautiful. Find what makes you beautiful and own that. And you will be as beautiful as you're supposed to be. Absolutely. I think... In the ideal world, I hope that's where most of us get to. But that's the that's the that's the reason why, you know, advertising and media has the power yeah. the most powerful yeah. um uh has the most powerful impact in mm -hmm. that regard. Because when you go 
to stores, all the mannequins, everything that they put on it, yeah. they make you feel like that's what's cool, yeah. that's what's ideal. That's the size you need to exactly. be in to wear the outfit. So therefore, yeah. everybody just, they just copy and paste. Yeah. Yeah. Because now Rihanna showed up in an interview or showed up in a music video looking like that. The, the um, magazines have done so many shoots of people yeah. that look yeah. like that, wearing those yeah. kind of things. And then, then all the stores and the brands get things that look like, like that. And all yeah. of a sudden, everyone yeah. looks like, like the that. same. Yeah. Because yeah. that's what's cool. That's yeah. what's trendy. And that's it. You know? Um, thing, my, my definition of cool, and this is something that we'll hopefully we, we will we'll tackle again. Yeah. But my definition of cool is to be so different from everyone else. Absolutely. I, I agree. Um, but that's something we definitely will have yeah. to chop up properly later. But yeah, absolutely. So yeah, no, I agree. I think it's all about self-love. And I just think you know, whatever we need to do to empower people to love themselves more yeah. than we need to also, Absolutely. Uh, you know, do Absolutely. our own bit as men as yeah. well. But yeah, yeah I think, that. yeah, ladies, you got to understand. Yeah, as men, we will, if you lead, we will follow. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like mm. we would, we would do our best, but I think we all have to start from somewhere. And mm. I, I, like you said earlier, um, it's not an issue that's only, female issue it's mm. also a male issue as right, well absolutely. where we guys we go through that as well it's not as we, we will not insult women by going it's as much as women mm. because society sometimes can be double standard that mm, way mm. yeah so yeah we, it's something that yeah we can all try to grow from and be more self-aware as well absolutely yeah. i feel you so Mental. Mm-hmm. So we're on right now. So we on. Mental. So, on. so we gonna talk about something. I mean, recently, um, Michelle Williams. Yeah, I think that's her name. Yeah, that's the um, Destiny Child. Yeah, yeah, lady, the ex right? Destiny mm-hmm. Child. Um, uh, member, she recently just, you know, openly uh, talked about checking herself into a mental health institution to help her deal with depression which that's, has been an ongoing thing that's that's amazing um, not amazing that she's got a depression but amazing that she's done something active about right, it. right yeah. right which then raised the question that as a community especially the black community is what i'm talking about in, in particular do we uh acknowledge the um presence of mental health issues within the community and if so if you think we do or not do we do enough within our communities want to educate ourselves about it to seek help about it and thirdly to remove any stigma be it negative um around it that allows people to feel much more open to speak about it um i as 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 the minority, and um, I don't think we do enough. Mm. I think we, from that cloth of sweeping under the carpet, right. ignore it, and hopefully it will get better. Right. Um. There's a lot of negative stigma when it comes to um mental issues, mm-hmm. depression. Um. Oh, he just moody, living right. in that corner. Right. He will come out of it eventually. Right. right. Um. I think yeah, we are very predisposed to sort of ignoring our feelings in a way. And I suppose it comes from the backgrounds where we come from, where maybe um, socioeconomically we're not, we're not very privileged. So certain things get put to the back burner. Right. If you, once again, if you're struggling, mm-hmm. 
it almost feels like your mental health is your, the last thing you want right, to worry about. Right, when right. actually you would think that would be the first thing you worry about. Right, 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 if, right. You, if you're okay up here, you're going to be okay everywhere else, right, right? right? But we seem to put that in the back burner. We're chasing the paper mm. and we're going for the bag, right? So mental health, come on, that's that's a, that's a second priority. Right, right. When you um, get the paper, the mental health will sort it, itself that's out. That's it, it will sort right, itself right. out. And we're too macho to even, as, and as men, with. How many times do you even admit to being vulnerable to one of your boys? Think about it. We always have, we always put, we always put on this cloak of invulnerability mm -hmm. and anything that is deemed off, which is by sharing your vulnerability, or you have to sweep it under the carpet. Mm -hmm. You have to come as a man, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I think, yeah, you, that is that's a, an issue that I think, yeah, as minorities, as black people, we do not invest a lot in and we do not express a, a lot of and we do not highlight a, a lot of as well. Absolutely. I, I may have to use about two or three words, same same words, but yeah, that is how strongly I feel about this. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, when we talk about it, we think about the fact that, you know, as you said, like, we look at that as not a real problem. Mm -hmm. We think, well, you're gonna, you have to have luxury to be talking the about far worse things happening, right? Exactly. <laughs> and you're here talking about your feelings. Exactly. <laughs> like, you know, just deal with it. Yeah. Like that's just, you know, and, and that then creates this, this idea that it's not a real issue. Yeah. But then when I think about it, think, you know, if you have a cut on your wrist that yeah. it keeps bleeding, you're not just gonna be like, oh, it's not a real issue. Yeah. I'm just gonna keep dripping blood. Yeah. But because it's a physical cut yeah. and it's a physical pain, you address that much more. Yeah. But when there's like a mental cut of you, you know, bleeding internally yeah. about the things that you're really struggling with and you tell someone about it, they don't have the same sorts yeah. of context as to how they look at the seriousness of that. Yeah. And I and I do think that people then think, you know, there's this element of, you know, attention seeking mm -hmm. that people say, well, I'm depressed, yeah. I'm having, uh, I have, you know, bipolar and yeah. all these other things that people, I guess, his, like over the years in the community are names that we don't even know what yeah. they, these yeah. things are. Yeah. So it, all of a it sudden- felt, It felt like superheroes to us, right? Exactly. Like, who is this bipolar person? Exactly. <laughs> so all of a sudden, all these names are popping off and everyone's like, what's this, what's that, what's this, what's that? Everyone's got luxury now, everyone's got this that's happening yeah. to them. Everyone's got that that's happening to them. And it's just all of a sudden, it creates this idea of, people not taking some of these things yeah, seriously because they just yeah. think it's just yeah. fabricated yeah. stuff. Yeah. These are not real issues. Yeah. And sometimes there's a lot of facets of people that say it's just white people stuff. You yeah. know, that's not yeah. Yeah. what yeah. we yeah. deal yeah. with. Yeah. You know, yeah. we've got real stuff yeah. that we deal yeah. with here. So it just kind of takes the seriousness away from yeah. what it is mm -hmm. until, you know, we have incidents of people committing suicide or we have incidents of people um, having really adverse kind of reactions to things that happen to them. Yeah. And then we, you know, realizing, wow, that was really, a, that yeah. was really an issue. And, 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 and you know, the funny thing, what? we're the first to go, oh, it came out of nowhere. Right. No, it didn't. Right, right. the signs it, were there. It's been festering for years and it just manifested itself in this horrible little act. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, you're definitely right. Because then the thing as well is as a community of people, like we can't, we can't negate the fact that there's historical trauma that we still trying to unpack as a group of people, you know, um, that obviously would have its own adverse effects yeah. on us, like psychologically yeah. and it's like on our mental health. PTSD? Uh, of yeah. course. Yeah. So therefore, a lot of us, those symptoms don't come out yeah. for a long time. Yeah. Because we just- recognize it's there. Exactly. It's there. Because we just, we just 
keep it moving. Right? Yeah, we just yeah. brave it and yeah. just think, yeah, you know, yeah. that's just what it is. Yeah. You just deal with that yeah. and just move on. So we never have the spaces. Man. Exactly. Yeah. We never have the spaces to actually talk about these things, yeah. to be able to say, bro, like I'm feeling this, I'm feeling yeah. that, you know, cause just those key words, feeling are just yeah. things that we yeah. feel is a luxury yeah. Yeah. to ever talk yeah. to anyone, especially yeah. as men, yeah. you know, the Look idea you of- start like, you feel it. I know. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's, that's, that's crazy. Yeah. So I think as a society, as a community, I think much more needs to be done in terms of the education yeah. within our yeah. community yeah. first about yeah. Yeah. what, how mental health issues actually um, show themselves yeah. in our everyday yeah. lives yeah. and actually then understanding how to seek support yeah, for that. Yeah. And I think after that, and with more people coming out to actively seek help for these things um, and to, again, just like mental health checkups, yeah. like just like yeah. how you go, yeah. you're feeling fine, yeah. but you yeah. still have yeah. like yeah. regular physical health checkups. I don't even listen how you go to the gym and try to get a bigger bicep than these. Yeah, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I don't know how big you can get to be fair. Um, <laughs> I think sometimes, yeah, we focus on the on the wrong things exactly. at times, but exactly. that is that is learning, isn't it? Exactly. Um, but yeah, nah, um, I think it's definitely something that as as a race and as um um as people, we can definitely put more emphasis on because I think sometimes we emphasize or we put emphasis on the wrong things. Um anything that doesn't bring us money or doesn't doesn't um translate to an immediate physical thing, we assume it's not important. Absolutely. And we forget that this is the most, one of the most important part exactly. of our whole being. Exactly. Without this, everything else goes. Um, exactly. Yeah. And, um, so that lady, um, is she, is she, yeah, um, is she still in? Um, yeah, so it's just recently, I think it was a couple yeah. of days ago, yesterday actually, that she checked herself in. And it's really interesting that when, um, Missy Elliott posted her, reposted her. She was like, oh, please no memes. Let's not joke about yeah. this. Let's, the fact that she even had to say, say that, that. Yeah, you know, I know, it was really telling to I me. know. You know, the fact that people but would you, actually naturally yeah, just- you, you know someone would have, someone's first comment would have been, oh, I thought you were strong. That was something ridiculous. And it's so interesting. It just shows how much more work needs yeah. to be done oh, to destigmatize this. Time. And again, there's something that's always interesting how people think that when someone is wealthy, they cannot have yeah. mental health Yeah, they've got no issues. Because yeah. How, yeah. how dare you say yeah. you're how, depressed? How are you depressed? Yeah. You know, when yeah. you live in a yeah. comfy yeah. Exactly. life. Yeah. So yeah. realizing yeah. that, you know, financial stability does not got nothing to mental do. health. Yeah, it's like, got nothing to do with up here. Yes, exactly. Yeah. You know, and having these linear thoughts deconstructed yeah. to realize that anyone can yeah. suffer from mental yeah. health yeah. issues. Yeah. And it has nothing to do with how financially stable yeah. you are or yeah. how quote unquote happy your life yeah. looks. It's got nothing to do with race. It's got nothing to do with- Absolutely. It's just that we need to take care of ourselves more. And Absolutely. that's the most important And thing. we need to identify that we all have mental health. Yeah. Uh, we have the capability yeah. of struggling with mental health issues. We all have a brain. Absolutely. <laughs> and that's the thing that I think is the biggest part because with everything, when you identify that there is a problem, yeah. then you figure out how yeah, to, to solve, solve it. it. So yeah. therefore to yeah. us, it still feels like it doesn't exist. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. when we think about, cause I still have conversations with my father who's like, um, cause there was a time when we were watching something on TV. Um, and then there was a, a like a, 
situation where there was this father who basically was suing a, a game company that was talking about the fact that in the game they had a lot of things around suicide and self-harm mm -hmm. and then his son loved that game so much and he committed suicide oh, so he was talking and then my father was like um that what is all this that you know in nigeria there's no one that's committed suicide by watching tv <laughs> or watching a game that what's all this craziness yeah. that thing doesn't happen back home yeah. and i was thinking doesn't it happen back yeah. home like because we don't and, have and those relate direct to game. correlations. Exactly. Doesn't yeah. mean these yeah. things don't yeah. exist, but yeah. that's the mindset yeah. that yeah. we think all these things are more Western yeah. things. And therefore we are not participants yeah. of any of these type of yeah. things. So if we say in our in our community, we're just kind of glory hunting or we're yeah. looking for, for sympathy yeah. or, or people to pity us. So it's not something that we should take seriously. Yeah. And therefore, you know, that's no coincidence why there's kind of, especially within the, the male community, there's a high suicide rate mm -hmm. because people don't acknowledge yeah. that these are issues yeah. that you should yeah. be facing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's just luxury yeah. for you to even try and yeah. say to anyone yeah. that you're depressed, yeah. you know, just get over it, yeah. have a drink. But I just, as, and I think as specifically as men, we, we just do not acknowledge our feelings sometimes because mm -hmm. we are so used to bottling up everything mm -hmm. and just sweeping under the rug, exactly. hoping that it expires or goes into a vacuum, but it's no vacuum. Exactly. It goes somewhere. Right. And after a while, it starts building up. Absolutely. And the thing up. is, we all, need, we all need to be able to get stuff off our chest to express, even if it's not when you're depressed. The fact is, you still, we still all need to talk to yeah. people about yeah. things, you know, because there is a natural feeling of low moods and high moods yeah. in all of us. Yeah. And yeah. and those are the things that could get compounded yeah. into making us feel consistently yeah. low. So yeah. being able to identify when that is and have people that we can talk to. Ooh. So that's one thing that, you know, I would always kind of say in terms of just a, a direct way of people being able to manage their own mental health mm -hmm. issues is, is to be able to, you know, find people that they feel, uh, you know, safe to talk to about things, you know, people who can just who could just hold a space and yeah. listen to them yeah. um, without judgment that's the key and just thing. get them yeah. to get yeah. these things that's off. And you know, yeah. those things I know yeah. are hard. Yeah. And sometimes that's why people like to go to objective spaces, yeah. like a counselor to be able to do that. But if you can create those kind of spaces within your friendship groups, then it's important yeah. to be able to have that yeah. and to be able to, to have people that can hold space and get you to just talk yeah. and just listen, mm -hmm. you know? Sometimes and that's all it takes. Sometimes it's absolutely. just literally spinning your guts out and someone just paying attention to you yeah. whilst you do that, absolutely. right? Yeah. So you're later this evening, I want to get some stuff off my chest with you. I want to talk to you about some stuff. Well, this evening, yeah, I'll, we can make it next year, bro. <laughs> <laughs> of course, you know my, you know my doors and my ears always open for you, bro. Okay, it's so, always all right, within reason. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you, man. I hear you. All right, then. So, so we'll be on. We on in my feelings, brother. Oh, yeah, yeah. What's in your feelings today, my G? So in my feelings, right? So I'm going. You know the phrase. Say it out, G. <laughs> say it with your chest. Yes, say it with bro. Your chest. <laughs> you know the phrase. I love you. I know you do, bro. I know I do. <laughs> I know I do too. <laughs> um, is there a right time to say it? And when it's said, do we have to reciprocate that saying as soon as it's said? That's a tough one. Bro. I know. Um, when is the right time? I think the yeah. right time is when you feel it. When you feel it. Right. But in, 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 the, in the world that we live in now, how do you know if you're in love and not in lust? That's a good question. I mean, that is a very good question. That is- a, I know. That is a age old mystery <laughs> of, I think, you know, if I break it down into, no, I can't even do that. I was trying to break it down into gender, but I don't even think that's a thing. Mm -hmm. You know, I think obviously, statistically, 
evidentially, there's more cases where women say it first. What do you mean to you? Check you out. No, but I, I think... Check you out. So I think, again, <laughs> when we talk about just the disposition of people to be more open to exploring their feelings, feelings. Yeah. yeah, that is something that's more common within yeah. women yeah. to be much more... In touch with what... Absolutely. So therefore, it. you know, there's higher cases of women that just feel open and don't feel like that makes them feel weaker. <laughs> so therefore, there's many cases that guys might even feel it first, but they yeah. wouldn't say, say it first yeah. because they don't want to be that, seen as that's, that's soft. Not, or, yeah, that, yeah. That's not manly. That's not cool. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. I think genuinely... When you feel it is the right time to say it, yeah. irrespective of who says it first. Yeah. And, but then I think because of that, it's created this standoffish yeah. situation where a woman feels like he's not going to say it first. Yeah. So I have to say it. And then it's always somewhat loaded. Yeah. Because when a woman says it, are you expected to say it back? I think the expectation is there. Yeah. You know, I've rarely come across situations where women that say it, don't expect it to be reciprocated. So, cause, you know. cause what, is there a right way? So if, if someone said, I love you, can you say, thanks? Bro, that's, so, I mean, uh, why, why are you saying thanks to be fair? Why, be why? Because, thanking her for loving you? Yeah, because love is a beautiful thing. And it's, it's an honor being, what you could bestowed on you. So is it, are you wrong in saying thanks if you're not there? Because the reason why I say that is, I believe life is not a movie. In movies, guy meets a girl, girl meets a guy, and magically they fall in love at the exact same time. In real life, that's not how it happens. Exactly. People are on different levels Absolutely. at all times. Absolutely. A guy, guy meets, boy meets girl, um, boy might be really into girl, girl, it's still kind of deciding if he lives the boy or not. Boy falls in love. Girl now is into girl. Into, so girl is now into boy. Do you know what I mean? So people might be at different, what um, you call it? Stages. Levels, stages in the exact same relationship. So when someone says, I love you, that person might not be there. Absolutely. But it's expected for that person to because, say, I love you Because everything is about, you know, validation. I think that's the key word. Validation and... So is that word being used as a hostage then? As a hostage maneuver? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because I feel you, but I think because, because if you really you love it, someone, right? Because right, the thing about- it's not selfless? Yeah, it should be, ideally. But then there's a caveat with that because yeah. what, it's like you come to someone naked. Yeah. And then you say, this is me. And then you go, so you strip now. Right, because that's exactly what it is. Because all of a sudden, when the other person is not naked, then yeah. you start to feel self-conscious. They don't you strip. Well, that's right? well, that's that's ultimately what it should be, but I think it's so difficult because, as you, you said, those soul. narratives ha are so prevalent in all the media that we consume that it has to be validated by reciprocation. You know, so they're rarely often people who just say it without the expectation that said back, back to them. You know, and I have been in situations where you know that has really been said, you're falling in love where that you're has been said to me first, <laughs> and that person genuinely did not expect it back from me yeah. and there was something that was liberating about that yeah. and actually that made me interrogate my feelings much more deeper because I felt like okay there's no pressure that I need to do this but actually how do I feel right yeah. now is that just because I haven't really found the words to put onto this yeah. so therefore I hadn't said it first yeah. did I actually really feel it whereas there have been situations where I felt like then they asked me oh do you not love me and I'm just like okay this is awkward yeah um, 
I think that's the worst thing you can ask someone, right? Yeah. And I'm just like, I'm not sure yet. You know? Um, and there's that element of you trying to dun, dun, dun. identify, you know, the difference between yeah. lust and love. Yeah. Because there are situations where, you know, you could just be caught in this whirlwind because you see someone, yeah. you like them, you enjoy their company, and all of a sudden, you know, and I think that's the difference because a lot of people don't. I'm in no position to judge what love is to anyone. Yeah. You know, because someone feels it two days doesn't yeah. mean it's ingenuine. Yeah. Um, Definitely right. Um, but the point is, you know, a lot of us don't necessarily actually understand love in its purest form. So therefore, so we, was, we, 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 <laughs> we misinterpret what certain emotions Zone. are. Yeah, because love. it's yeah. the closest feeling to something yeah. we cannot put a finger on. Yeah. So we just say, well, it must be yeah. love. And then sometimes it takes... When you come out of that situation, to think yeah, actually I yeah, didn't love nah, that person because the way it made me behave. Yeah, but to be fair, love is supposed to be messy. Love is not clean. I don't know about that, bro. Nah, love, true love. Describe that. What do you mean? Like it's not messy. So, because that's the reason why women think. Well, that's why she gets smacked up by the guy because love um, is not. It's not it's clean. Not, it's, it's it's you know because it's, it's gotta have rough times. Um, it's gotta knock me out a couple it's, times. It's, it's, it's gotta have rough times. But I don't believe. I I I'm not talking about smacking, but. True love is, in my opinion, true love is messy. True love is very messy. True love is jealousy as its purest form. True love is, um, I don't agree with irrationalized that. Irrationalized purest. I think to be able to be objective, it's not love. Love is, uh, love can be erratic. Love, I'm not talking about love. Can be dark. Love can be dark as much as it can be light. It can be light. It's those polar, in my opinion, it's those polar opposite. And that's why sometimes I mean, it could be easily misconstrued as well for a certain kind of other feelings as well. I because know, love is extreme. I know what you're saying. I mean, which kind of chimes into what Kanye West said on the first track. You know, you know, I love I love myself so much, but I love me more than I love you. But I still think about killing me. So yeah. therefore... I'm definitely thinking about killing you. <laughs> <laughs> that's deep love, my brother. I know. That is <laughs> <laughs> but I think, you know, um, obviously there's so many different types of yeah, love, yeah. you know, but when we talk about relationship love, mm -hmm. you know, I think there's something that... I think we need to hopefully try and get to a place where it's completely uninformed by how another person yeah. feels about yeah. us. Yeah. We need to be true to how we yeah. feel about so. situations that we need to just express that yeah. irrespective of whatever the outcomes yeah. are and challenge those situations where people expect us to. Yeah. So the question you asked, can you say thanks? Yeah. I would struggle to say thanks because I think that just feels... I'm, I'm, I'm obviously... We, um, what I was trying to say is, if someone said I love you, can you say something back other than I love you? Do you know what yeah. I mean? I think for me, I've found a way to do that. Because yeah. what I do is I... I just laugh it off. Wow. No, 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 you no. You just no, laugh no, no, it no, no, off, no, bro. No, 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 no. Not laugh it off. I say laugh it off. I would... I would make a joke sometimes to sort of like diffuse the... Well, that's your technique generally d with a lot of things. Yeah, you know what I mean? When it gets emotional, I get a little bit off. But that's, would you objectively say that could also be quite insensitive if you make a joke about someone that just bared their oh, soul oh, to Oh, no, you? no, I don't make a joke about them. I might crack a joke or do, say something funny to sort of like defuse the situation. No, 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 I'm not making a joke. Oh, ha, ha, you've loved me. Yeah. <laughs> No. <laughs> Could you imagine? I can just imagine you doing that. <laughs> no. no, but man, I would, I would like, I would joke about something and to sort of like take the attention off 
that to somewhere else and to then make me later she'd be like so to, yeah to make me feel comfortable I love but then that still. goes to so what, the kind of person I am that I would feel uncomfortable in that kind of scenario I think it's, well. it's a very uncomfortable especially if it's not reciprocal yeah. I, you don't feel it at that time what I have done in certain cases is I just have the conversation about where I'm at. You just like I feel. to talk. I do like to talk, but I think, you know, talking is very essential. As opposed to skirting around it, I yeah, just say true. to the person where I'm at right now, yeah. you know, how much I feel about them and how I might be on that journey towards there, but I'm yeah. not there yet. Yeah. And I appreciate the honesty and the but bravery thing, that though, it takes for her to come out with it. But is me. it fair for them to require that of you at that point or for us to require that of them at that point? So... If I love, if I love someone, mm -hmm. I should feel that it's unconditional, right? So I should feel if I tell that person I love them, I do not need for them to go into any explanation as to why they're not here yet. Absolutely, but they're I think, not, do you know what I mean? But I think that's probably also more about me because I feel like I need to do that to oh, help okay. them feel like I'm not just gonna say, okay, cool, you love me and not be a douchebag. Yeah. So I think that's probably also a reflection upon how yeah. I feel okay. yeah, that yeah, I feel yeah, like yeah. I have to justify Spiced. it to the person yeah, yeah. if I don't love them yeah. yet, yeah. that I'm on a, this is where I'm at. So I'm, I'm on a journey to Yes, that, yes, 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 yeah. yes. Um, and that's definitely something I identified, that's me. Yeah. Not necessarily, cannot necessarily mean that the person expected me to yeah. do that. Yeah. Maybe a part of them might do yeah. or they might not. But yeah. I think for me, just the awkwardness of it just forces me to feel like I have to. Not I feel like, but it just probes me to be more open about where I'm yeah. at as well. So yeah. that there isn't this sort of, uh, I don't know where he is. Yeah. Is he not trying to tell me because yeah. he doesn't want to tell me? Yeah. So they just know. There's no ambiguity that yeah. I'm just listening to you saying you love me. And yeah. I'm not saying anything back about w that. Would it not be beautiful if someone told you, I love you and you're not there. You just go, cheers. I mean, let's wait. <laughs> I just keep to, moving till the time in our lives when that's the Somebody thing. Somebody's love you. Just spotted them and go. <laughs> Spot I, them, you I, know. I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Um, but you're a beautiful person too. <laughs> I mean, that's. Let me know how that goes eventually <laughs> when you do that. <laughs> no, I'm, I, that always gets me thinking. I think sometimes we also play these games where we kind of emotionally put some put someone in a hostage situation. Mm. Because of the way yeah. we feel. Let me you ask you I mean? a question real quick. Mm -hmm. Have you ever been in love before? Yeah. You have? Yeah. And did you know that instantly? Oh, no. I've not. Um, it, it, it was, a, it was a, a, a growing process. Yeah. And how long did it, did it take for you to say it to him? Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, what can I say? The heart wants what the heart wants, yeah. right? <laughs> but how long did it take you to tell the person? Um, I think it was a while. Because for me, as you, you I'm, I can be emotionally a bit distant, right? So I mean, it took me a while. Mm -hmm. um, went through all the questioning. Is this the real thing? Is it not a real thing? Um, oh shit, it's the real thing. I better fight this shit off. You know, went through the whole um, mirage of, what do you call it? Acceptance and grievance that I went through all of that and then I, when I accepted it I was like okay yeah okay it is on and then, yeah and I, and I said it when I said it I had no intention of them saying it back to me right I said if they felt it they felt it if they didn't they did it because to me that's the that's the truest form of love when you get to the point where it gives you liberation yeah. irrespective of what comes I don't know from. about liberation I'm not gonna be a big man and go, yeah, I was liberated. Nah, it was still daunting. I still find that kind of emotion daunting. I'm not going to lie. Right. But if you feel it, you feel it. The heart mm -hmm. wants what I always say the heart wants what the heart wants. Right. When the heart wants it, 
you are almost a prisoner to, to that. But can you separate what the heart wants from what the mind wants? Because then I think that's the thing. Because sometimes we think what our mind wants is what our heart yeah. wants. It's, it's always, and, and, and for me, my mind kicks in. Mm. And I try to rush. And that's where the fear comes in. Because mm -hmm. I go, oh, is this the right thing for me? Am I being vulnerable? Right. Am I... Because that's where the confliction yeah, comes. Yeah. The, the, the bit the where the, the mind and the heart in. comes in. Yeah. And often most of us are not cognitively trained enough to discern which yeah. one is which. Yeah. Yeah. You know. So yeah. I guess what we're saying is love without expecting it that's, to come back your way. I couldn't and, have said any better. Right. Love with no have. expectation. You couldn't have yeah, tried. I, I actually kind of did right. <laughs> love with no expectation, people. Uh, and I think the world would be a better place because. You cannot really love someone and then hold them hostage, can you? No. Well, I suppose you can. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Staying in front of you right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, I guess, if you know. You know, brother. Okay. So, you gonna hit me up first? I'm gonna hit you up first. Okay. So, drum roll, please. What you say, what you say. <laughs> um, who was the first oh. rapper? Who was the first MC to win an Oscar? First MC to yeah. win an Oscar. Yeah. Sheesh, man. Mm -mm -mm. First MC to win an Oscar. Mm -hmm. For rap song. For rap song. Mm -hmm. I see you just giving it away for a rap song. So yeah. not for an acting role. No, no, not for an acting role. Juicy, well, 3 6 Mafia. Nope. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> oh, what do you mean, hold on? You, you, you committed. Eminem. I was gonna go, did he? Oh my gosh, yeah. I was gonna it was, go. It, it was before, eight mile. yeah, yeah, eight mile, before three six. Oh yeah. man. Okay, okay, <laughs> okay. All right. Who, what's the name of the designer mm -hmm. that is behind the iconic Jordan brand, Jordan logo, that oh. designer from the Jordan 3s onwards? What's the name of the iconic designer? You know that, man. You're a fashion head, man. He's like a sneaker follower. I know man. this guy. Clearly you do, my G. What's his name? Oh. It's iconic, man. It's for the culture, man. Go on, tell me. <laughs> you know, nothing nah. comes to mind. <laughs> it's like Tinker Hatfield. Oh! <laughs> Got you, my bro, man. That's so iconic, man. The jump, man. All of that. So I guess today nobody's got no points. <laughs> no points. <laughs> so is it free too? No. Yeah. How? You free? I'm two. Have we done three then? Yeah. 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 It's two. Yeah. Three. Two. Okay. All right. Well, that's us. That's us for the day. Peace out. It's been a blessing.